Welcome, everybody, to episode 119 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where three great friends get together and talk about whatever we feel like talking about. But most of the time, it's about video games. I am Dan Dufernoy, joined by Shelby White. Shelby, how you doing, buddy? Doing quite well. How are you today, Daniel? Yeah, good, man. Good, good. How about you? Dan LaMarca, our other colleague. <laughs> Feeling fine. Yeah, just fine. I'm with you. It's one of those days. <laughs> but let's just, you know what? Turn off our minds, relax, and float downstream. Let's talk about video games because nothing relaxes us more. Than a game just... like Inscription. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do it. Let's just get right into it. Inscription game is, is not relaxing at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is a game that we've all been playing. Um, Dan, I believe you have beaten it. I, I have, have. I have played up into their our our bosses up to a point. I have beaten two of them and haven't played any more. And I know that there's a lot more to play. And Shelby, you've played Inscription, or you said that you were watching playthroughs. So it it got to the point where it was, I, I wanted to enjoy this game. I don't have a PC, so there's no way for me to do it currently. Now, let's be real. This game is probably going to come to Switch or something else like that, and uh, by next year. But knowing that this game is going to be something that we're talking about for Game of the Year, I wanted to be able to experience it to some degree. So I did watch a playthrough. Uh, throughout the week of well i watched two different ones the first one that i watched the guy was an idiot and it was driving me crazy so i watched somebody else who was way more competent play the game um and uh and, and it went way better <laughs> there's nothing more frustrating than like watching something and seeing someone make a bad move and be like <laughs> I, it wasn't even that it was just like so many like the little puzzles that weren't even part of the card play he just was not understanding and it was driving me crazy <laughs> it was so nuts so i was like this is ridiculous this video is longer than it needs to be because of this so i switched over like i said to somebody more confident and uh and it was great man it was uh it was a it was a great experience um to be able to watch the the mystery unfold of what was going on um typically not a type of game that i that i migrate towards but with the love that dan has had for it so far and and the uh really i mean i think the entire gaming community uh that's gotten their hands on this has has had very similar reactions and i knew i had to be a part of that to some degree before game of the year so that's happy i was able to do that this game is getting some some major traction yeah Absolutely. And I, I mean, we should say off the bat, I mean, clearly, and anybody that's listening, we missed an episode. It was eaten up by my computer, uh, lost to time. So we talked about a few of these games <laughs> two weeks ago, and just you hadn't heard from us. So we're going to start from scratch and talk about it. So I have beaten this game, and um, it's, it's, instantly for me a top 25 all time like it's on that list for sure it is such a spectacular game uh so surprising throughout and i can't say too much about it and not only for people out there that may not have played it yet but for our friend dan here who hey. he said he's got his you know he's beaten two bosses and he's heading for the third little as he know that's only uh, <laughs> that whole section is is only one portion of a, of a larger game um so without saying oh, yeah. too much there's some real exciting stuff coming your way dan 
Um, hey, I, I just want to say, and again, it's so funny because, you know, now that we, we mentioned it, we did have an episode before. So I, I when I recall certain things tonight, I'm not, you know, I I might forget if I actually said it or, or didn't say it, if that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but in my head, it makes sense because I feel like I talked a lot about this game and it was so good and it was so eloquent, but <laughs> trust it's us. gone. Just trust us. It was really good. But what I love about this game is, and and this is when I describe it uh, to people, um, it I am just so thoroughly intrigued by this game and terrified of it. Like at the same time, I don't know how to describe it. It hits this like visceral, uh, this visceral nerve inside my body where I literally can't stop thinking about it. I literally can't. It just like it seeps into my mind. I'm showering. And I'm thinking about like moves, but I'm also like terrified to like open the curtain. I go to sleep at night and like, again, I just, I'm falling asleep and I'm thinking about moves and oh, maybe next time I'll try this card and do this and that, but also like terrified to like take the blanket off my head because it's, it's freaking me out. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. This game <laughs> has tapped into something. Um, and I think I started playing it like right around the, uh, like, Hall- like Halloween, like around that time. So it just, everything felt like inscription was taking over my life and i loved it but also like was freaked out by it at the this same time thing, this is i mean i i could legitimately i mean i can't wait for game of the year time because i'm going to talk about this game and spoil the hell out of it and just sing its praises to high heaven but there's so many different little things but the the thing that i would say is there's a feel like even though you're playing a card game it has such good like game feel because the way that the little camera tilts each way, like when you're looking around the board and the way that like when the person on the other side who you only see their eyeballs and occasionally their hands like says something, it like does a slight zoom in on them and the eyes get into these little swirly things. Like it is so punchy in such a good way. And like it's such a cool thing to, to play a game that's like, not only is it right up my alley, the card game type, but it's just a impeccably made game. It's so well designed and well thought through. Like Daniel Mullins has made some amazing games that, and, and, you know, his thing is always that they're surprising and they mess with different genres and stuff like that. But this one is far and away the most impressive work from him. And I'm happy to see that it, it's hitting a much wider audience than some of his other games. Yeah, because I'm so glad that I picked it up. You know, Dan, I and, and Shelby as well. I mean, I, I take your guys' opinion very, very seriously. Um, so you know, when Dan texted both of us, like, "Hey, you," like <laughs> the text was something like very urgent, like you need to play Inscription. <laughs> so I think that night I downloaded it, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's so funny because I never, uh, before a few years ago, I never thought like card-based games were were my my thing. But we've just had such a plethora of incredible card, you know, deck building games um and i know you said that this game turns into something different after a certain point but man i'm just i'm just loving the heck out of it and it's just it's again it's just it's seeped into my mind it's like tattooed on my like eyelids i can't stop (laughs) thinking about it Um, i'll speak i want to speak quickly pretty broadly i'm not going to spoil anything but at least shelby has some you know some experience he he was able to watch through play through the thing about this game it's surprising around every turn but it never 
strays so like it's it's like of a kind right so it's like Mm -hmm. it's like you're playing card games for the majority of it right but the type of card game changes and the look of it changes and yada yada like things like that right so that's why it's so cool it's simultaneously just an excellent card game super well designed with interesting little twists on the formula but it's also this i mean we didn't even i talked about what the game is like as like an escape room and like different things like that with different puzzles to solve but it's also like a critique and a kind of like a a joke on card games like the greater idea when you beat the game is like it's critiquing what the like how popular card games have gotten in many ways like and and we'll talk more after but there's some fmv in this game like full motion video like you know a real person recording and that stuff just ties in so nicely thematically to like what daniel mullins is trying to say in this game and i just think it's it's really a brilliant thing that you really need to experience and i'm glad you know shelby unfortunately the game didn't come out on mac and it's only on pc and he doesn't really have a way to play it so i'm glad that you were able to experience it um so I, I mean, Shelb, I'd like to hear like what do you what did you think of it overall? Were there do you have any like critiques of it or anything you want to talk about? I I mean, there were so many times where the game would take certain turns and stuff, and I was really getting into the beginning of the game where uh, Mr. Dufernoy is currently residing and enjoying what was happening there because it did have that roguelike kind of feel to the card game but it was just such an interesting mysterious character sitting across from you and the ability to get up was was um something i was anticipating uh with you having talked about it and then when it takes sort of that first real giant turn and that full motion video stuff on the only critique i have to the game is that the acting in those full motion video things were horrible but outside of that um they were good we'll we'll talk about it more but i think that's good i think it's really good you think definitely intentional oh yeah it was so cringy to me oh yeah of course that's the point you know like what they were doing was was great but it was just so funny like there's one where a character comes up to his door and i was like oh my god is like watching a bad sketch and i was like i love it like that was intentional Oh, I was, loved everything campy. that they were talking about, but it was just so bad to me. But that's, um, they meant it to be bad. That's what I'm saying. Like it was one of really? those. Oh, I yeah. don't think they did. Oh, yeah. Because the way that it ends with oh, those yeah. characters, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's about it's that. riffing off of schlocky horror, like handicam things. Like this is not meant to be a serious thing. Definitely yeah. not. They they knew yeah. exactly what they were doing, and I think they nailed it. And even the you know not to sound like completely pretentious, but but the fact that you were you were saying I hated it, it was so bad. It's like hell yeah, like they they nailed it. It was the acting. <laughs> it was the acting that I hated. It was just yes. The, yes. like the points they were getting across were they were trying to take themselves very seriously. I thought. Um, oh, in like we'll talk more about it. Stuff. We'll talk more. Yeah, about that. I, I know. I don't want to ruin anything. anything. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so but I've also never played any of this guy's games, you know. So I I don't know what kind of sense, you know. Like this would be one of those things if I watched a movie made by this guy, I would go back and watch the other movies. Right. Like I know he made two other games. Like I'm I'm interested in seeing what those games are about. It's that kind of thing, you know. Definitely. Um, 
but I, um, so I don't know his sense of humor and all, all those things. However, the game was incredibly intriguing. There were certain areas, especially as you're getting towards the end where I was just like, this is, I couldn't stop watching. I was like, this is mind blowing. Like, this is so cool. I love mm-hmm. the way that they designed this, you know, the way that there's different game boards kind of, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. um, and they all have their own feel. And I, I almost have a sense of wanting to experience some of the other things I didn't get to see because uh, not that I don't know if they were part of the game, if you, if you played a different way or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if you kind of know what I'm talking about, but I like, think I do. you know, like there's a specific character you're playing with in the beginning, yes, then you're yes, playing yes. a game board with a different cat. I would have loved to experience even more of that, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, no, the, it, it doesn't keep you, well, unless you're horrible at the card game, it doesn't keep you in one area too long to where you lose interest. It, right. it really, the pacing was great. Uh, the gameplay was great. The puzzles were great. It was just something, something to keep you going around every corner. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, what does that mean? What's mm-hmm. that? You know, like uh, tons at of all intrigue times, and like, yeah. cool little secret mechanics that you figure out. It, it, it's really a brilliant game. Like the design, as far as a well-designed game, I mean, it's hard to find game like to top this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just really, really smart. Yeah. I no, couldn't it's, have it's, said that better. Yeah. So I, I look forward to the game with you and we can finally uh, dig yes. into this and hope, you know, I'll have it beaten by then. Um, because I, I think this game definitely, I think it'll it'll land on our, our list somewhere. Somewhere. At least somewhere. At least somewhere. At least somewhere. So, <laughs> all right. So that's Inscription. Let's go on to our next game, gentlemen. Dan, I know you've been playing the uh, the beta for Darkest Dungeon 2. Yes. It's in early access uh, on Epic Store. Uh, I kind of learned my lesson, and I think I've mentioned it before on other podcasts with other games. I talked about Slate the Spire and Grifflands, famously, that I jumped into fully in early access. And then by the, time the, by the time the full release came out, I went back in and played some more, but it lost some of its allure because it didn't feel fresh. Um, and, I mean, both of those games are excellent, so I'm not really faulting the games for that. It's just how I consume games and i play so many new things every year that something new and surprising like inscription is going to you know outrank grifflands which released in 1.0 this year i you know i played it two years ago and loved it and if it was on my like it maybe it should have been on my top 10 that year but this year i don't think it's going to make the cut just because i have already experienced it and you know, that's going to vary person to person. But so for Darkest Dungeon 2, everyone, you know, we had Darkest Blunders uh, where Dan was playing through Darkest Dungeon with me coaching him. Uh, I don't like so, to talk about it. Yeah, um, that ended okay. pretty tragically. Um, but uh, you know how much I love the game. I've spent a ton of time playing the original game. I think it's really a special, unique game. Uh, so I was really stoked to jump into this one. But I told myself ahead of time, I don't want to play much of it. I want to play an hour or two max and then jump out. And in that hour or two, I got to experience some of this game. And there's a lot to love and there's some stuff that I'm not too sure about. Um, I will also mention that the original Darkest Dungeon was in early access for, I think, two and a half years. Something like that. Um, So... It was an er- it's pretty early for early access. I think it was like 2015 or something like that. So 
it was kind of one of the beginning, hey, we're going to be in early access for a long time before we release. Um, so they have a history of doing that and it going very well. For this game, they changed the art style. It's still that same perspective, but the characters are 3D models drawn in that style of the first game. So, for example, when you know Dismiss reaches out the gun and shoots, you see his bot, his whole body turn in a 3D space. It's really a unique look. It's going to be a divisive look because that first game, I mean, that it's just such beautiful hand-drawn art. Uh, right. And this has that same style. It's just done in a different way. I really like it. I think it looks really, really neat. So that's definitely one of the positive takeaways for me. Um, the other thing I mean... Remind me, this was like a symmetrical left versus right sort of point yes, of view, right? Yes, correct. So it would be like right, okay. four versus four, and they're in a straight line. And like positioning right. matters a lot, like stuff like that. But the gameplay feels very, very similar. So like you, to the point where some of the characters moves are the same from the first game so you know i think the biggest difference is so far from what i've seen all the characters are named characters that have like backstories right so rather than hey here's your highwayman you know the first one we got was our friend dismiss um merry dismiss to all who celebrate I uh, <laughs> no, that's the name of a saint, right? Saint Dismas. Yes. Then there's a lot of a lot of religious iconography in that first game, and I'm sure in this one. But so in, for example, in that first game, when say Dismas dies, no spoilers. Uh, say Dismas <laughs> dies uh, in your game, you can recruit other highwaymen, and they'll have other user generated names. You can go in, type a new name. They're kind of just like stock standard here's an archetype now you can pick which skills they have and name them what you want and then if they go die you can get another one just like them right in this game it seems like they're going for more of a character thing so his name is dismiss the highwayman but it seems and again i have not put much time in so i apologize if some of the details here are wrong but it seems like those characters are your characters it's like that is the highwayman dismiss it's okay. not like you're gathering multiple types He's the of only the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Reynault is the crusader, right? Um, and the reason I think that is because you'll run across in your travels like uh, a piece of lore or something, and it'll show that character's backstory a little bit. And it'll give you a glimpse of their life, you know, before they join this caravan, whatever. I think that stuff's pretty cool. Um, again, going to be divisive. They're they're taking. It's a weird combo of the gameplay feels so similar, but on the everything else, they're taking huge swings and trying new stuff. Um, the the actual way that you move around, it used to be like a dungeon crawler where it was like these different rooms, and you were literally clicking on a room and then walking through the hallway, and then when you get to that room, you either fight or you get treasure or stuff like that. In this one, it's like you're actually in a third person view and the caravan is steerable with like WASD and you're like riding down these, you know, cobblestone paths, dodging like in, in real time, 
you're like moving left to right, dodging like these big fiery things. And then it'll say like, all right, pick a direction. The road's splitting ahead. You go this way. And as you're going along, it'll you'll make like stops. Like there'll be a family on the side of the road and you'll stop and an event will happen. And then you move on. So it's pretty different feeling. It's not like, all right, we're going to go on a journey. We're going to bring X amount of food. We're going to do this. It's like a continue. It seems like it's like one continuous thing until you get to a, I forget what they call it. It's like an inn maybe or a rest area, something like that. And there your characters take a break. They all sit around and you, it kind of treats it as the bonfires of the first game where you get to like, you know, do different buffs and switch items around and switch out your party members if you had get, if there's anyone else there. And then you continue on down the road. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It, anyone that has played the first game, you can see how different this setup is. Um, but yeah, I mean... Like I said, some of the stuff, I mean, the caravan stuff for me, like moving it around, I don't need that. Like, that's not the game for this. Like, I don't need a, you know, a driving game all of a sudden in my darkest dungeon. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a divisive thing, but I like some of the swings that they're taking, and I think some are going to be misses. So uh, I'd be curious to see how this game develops over the, over the span of its early access. Um, but right now, I'm happy with what I played. I said, you know what? This is pretty cool. Pretty similar to what I did with Rogue Legacy 2. I said, you know what? I played it. It feels like Rogue Legacy. Now I'll play it when it's finished. So I'm going to do have the a same few, for this. Right. And we have a few years before this is fully released, right? Yeah. Like two, three years. Yeah. They, they haven't given a firm number on that. But I, I would say at least you know a year and a half, two years at minimum. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, that's Darkest Dungeon 2. Glad we can... Uh, I'm always happy to bring up Dismiss in any conversation. Absolutely. Let's go to another game you've been playing, Dan. Let's talk about Alekhead. Sure. Alekhead is a $10 game on Steam. Uh, it is a Japanese indie game. Um, and it is a 2D side-scrolling puzzle platformer. So all you puzzle platformer heads out there, uh, get excited about this one because it's a really good game. Um, you play as this little little electrical guy with a battery for a head, uh, hence select head. Um, and you, oh. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, so it's a 2D side-scrolling platformer, but the emphasis really is on the puzzling. So the sh whole shtick of the game is anything you touch with your body becomes powered. So for example, you have an elevator um, that has no power. If you walk up and press against the wall where the elevator is, all of a sudden you start raising up in the air and then that's how you solve that puzzle, right? So you start going through really good music, really charming visuals, very simple pixel art, but it's very, very nice looking. Um, the whole game is all iconography. There are no written words in the entire game except for on the title screen where it says Alekhead. Um, everything else, even if you press start on the menu, it's all symbols. So it'll be like, you know, a little, a little speaker and, it, it, you know, to change the audio level. And it's like, there's no words in the whole game. I think it's, that's something really neat. It's kind of a universal, you know, you just kind of grasp what you're looking at. Um, but as you're playing, the big, the big first thing that you get, 
you know, a couple levels in is the ability to throw your head. And what happens is there are puzzles where you need to power something that's above you, but you can't reach it. So you throw your head in the air and then you move your little body across. So remember, whatever that head is touching is going to get powered, but whatever the body is touching will not. So there's a lot of puzzle stuff like that where it's like maybe you don't want to power something because it's it's like you know it's gonna lift spikes up out of the ground and kill you. So you're like running around solving these little puzzles. I think the music's great. Like there there is just charm at every level, and it's it's very very smartly done. I I kind of put it down just because of I'm playing a lot of other stuff, Um, but I definitely intend to get back to it. And from what I played, I mean, it is one of those, you know, when a game just is tight and well done, like it knows exactly what it's doing and it's just going to nail that. I think of like Baba is you where it's like, we know what we're doing. Here's now the puzzles are just going to get harder and just have at it. Like we're not going to do anything crazy, but we're going to just keep doing the same thing and making it better. And, And that's what I'm seeing from this game. And I really think it's a good one, and for ten bucks, I mean, I, I think people should check it out. All right, very nice. Well, that's a leckhead. Now let's talk about the surprise game hit of this year. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, yes, Dan and Shelby, yes. you've both been playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, not I. Okay, gotcha. Just uh, just me. Just Dan. So I. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I played. Um. I'm on chapter 12 of 16 um, of this game. It's it's pretty lengthy. I mean, I think I'm maybe like 12 to 15 hours in. Um, and boy, do I love this game. Like, it really, what a surprise. <laughs> you, you nailed it, Dan. It is one of those where we watch the trailers and we were all worried, is this going to be cringy? These trailers look really bad. I don't feel like any of the jokes are landing. Uh, yada yada stuff like that right so I jumped in and right off the bat it's definitely got that Marvel thing where the characters are constantly talking right it's got that and because it's Guardians it's also the characters are constantly arguing with each other they don't like each other very much here Um, and that's the Guardians if you've seen that first movie um so it can definitely, I can see it being grading for some people. Um, I had a little more tolerance for it. And once you get through, and I shouldn't say get through because I enjoyed it the whole time. But as the game progresses, you start to see a lot more character development. They they do these kind of deep dives into some of the backstories from these characters. And really, I'm telling you, like, what a good job they've done with the writing here and the motion capture it makes it so like these these you know i the the quick the quick and dirty thing is it's uncharted meets mass effect right so the mass effect moments quote unquote where you're in your ship talking to the characters and you know it's a zoom in on their face and back and forth you get a real sense of their personalities just by like facial movements and as as we're seeing that stuff improve in games it's doing such a such a huge heavy lift for storytelling in games in general because for a while it's like if if the character's not saying it 
there's nothing being conveyed, right? Because we just didn't have the technology that we do to watch a movie and a character can say something really, you know, profound without speaking a single word, right? And that's kind of what we're getting here. And obviously it's Guardians of the Galaxy. This is, let's not pretend this is, you know, some great work that everyone will remember what a beautiful story it was. I mean, it is what it is, but I think the characters are so well fleshed out that I've grown to love them way more than I like the characters in the movies even. Like the, the this this group of guardians is like my favorite iteration of the guardians. That's um, high praise. Especially since that trailer which was it just seemed so Exactly. <laughs> it really seemed bad. And there's some stuff that I don't like about this game. This is far from a perfect game. Uh, I think the combat is very dull. Uh, there's not much, t- I shouldn't say there's not much to it because it has some systems built in, but I would say it's not very interesting, right? So so it is, you know, you're playing as Star-Lord, you shoot your guns, you know, left trigger, right trigger, and then you have, you hold L1 and hit any one of the face buttons and it each one is coordinated to one of the guardians. So it's like, all right, if you hold L1, hit square, you get another sub menu of four abilities that Groot has. So, so this is why I'm saying it's not that there's not a lot there. It's that none of it is super engage, engaging. So like, you know, as Groot, you may be able to use an ability that holds enemies in place. And then you hold L1, hit X and X, and then Rocket will shoot a big grenade that blows all those guys up that you've been holding in place, right? So for each of these characters, you're doing that. And it's, it's it's straddling that line of like okay this is enjoyable enough in the moment but there's nothing that like oh man i can't wait to get to the next combat encounter it's very much the opposite where it's like i really want to see where the story's going i really want to get back to you know see the next cutscene and mm. this and that well um, in but, reality that's what makes it sound like uncharted so far yes and the thing about it, it be, so it has that that thing and this is why i say uncharted specifically is it has that thing where you're exploring because it, it goes through different modes right there's the mode of you're walking around you know doing light platforming finding a little crevice to you know shimmy your body through and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens in the background that you didn't expect. And then it's a big, huge visual set piece. That's the Uncharted. And this game is full of that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think it does it really, really well. And, like, I, you know, the, the, there hasn't been an Uncharted game since, what was it, Shelb 2016? Yeah. Um, so this is, like, kind of a glimpse into... Because I think those moments, it does as well as Uncharted. I think Naughty Dog has the writing chops that, you know, kind of outshines this team, obviously, in, like, the actual dialogue and the quality of writing. Uh, But I think those moments and the way the set pieces look and the way it makes you feel as you're, like, sliding down and this huge thing is happening in the background, it feels on par with that, which I think is, is really, really cool. Um I think you know, like I said, the the combat's a little dull. They have a they have a couple of it's a little janky here and there. Like some of the um, animations in combat and platforming are like not super super slick in the way a Naughty Dog game would be. Uh, but 
overall, I mean, I'm really surprised with this game. It's got a it's got a load of good songs from the late '70s and '80s, uh, as you'd expect from the Guardians. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about the story and the characters. It allows you to make choices in a very Mass Effect way, and they seem to actually be pretty substantial choices, like where. Uh, for example, I'll just say one that's very early on. It's like, all right, you're, you have only room for one thing in your ship. It's this llama that stowed away, the space llama that you guys found and captured. Or it's this pile of like upgrade tools that would help you upgrade the Milano, right? And now you choose what happens. Like, are you keeping that llama or are you jettisoning it, jettisoning it out? Um and that llama, if you keep it around, ends up like doing things that impact the story. So that's where it's interesting to me, where it's like, hmm, I wonder what would have happened if I didn't keep the llama. How would that have changed? Because there are some like story crucial things that happen. And that's where it really feels like Mass Effect. And I think it, it does that really, really well as well. So I I really am impressed with this game. Uh it's it's not a game that I'm like screaming at everyone. You gotta play this. You gotta play this. But I really am enjoying my time with it. It was a huge surprise to me. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I am. And and I think it's a it's a pretty cool thing they did. Wow, I know. I definitely got to get on that. Um, it's so fun. I mean, we'll get to it later. But I saw it on a few spots, even on the uh, the game awards for nominees. And yeah. it's just that's pretty interesting. So it's I'm a definitely good game. interested to pick it up. Yeah, definitely interested to play it before the end of the year. All right, let's get to our next one. Um, let's, you know, I'm gonna pop around a little bit, Shelby. I know you've been playing Metroid Dread. Uh, that's a game that I've been playing um, as well. I actually finished it, so I'd be curious your thoughts on Metroid Dread. There, Shelby. Um, in the same boat, I too have finished. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so I it was kind of that was just a a pickup fall in love with plow through till i finish kind of thing for me it was just that i did i couldn't even tell you how long it took because it was that quick um <laughs> of me just like oh my god i can't put this down um that was it's weird i so I, I i am not on the metroid train with everybody you know like i did not grow up with the super nintendo didn't play um like the the early ones never played the prime ones but I saw the trailer for Dread and I was like, I'm excited for this. Like, this game looks awesome. Um, and thank freaking God that I picked it up because it was, it is one of my favorite games of the year. It is so freaking good. It is so fluid. Um, the It has a story that, like, keeps you interested the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's very, it's, it's one of those less is more sort of stories, I, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's got um, great moments, I will say. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, and and Dan, you were telling me some of those moments where it's like this is a a side scroller, but then you like jump over the shoulder uh, for certain things, oh, and the way and they move the camera have, around. Yeah, it, moments it you have with so like cool. the bosses and stuff. Like it's just it. They knew what the hell they were doing, you know. And you you feel like you're in this giant space almost sometimes mm-hmm. uh, with a two D side scroller, and it was just it's everything I wanted Fist to be. You know, like yep, it's it's yep. it's so freaking good. It feels good to play. Uh, I had minor moments where with the Emmys and stuff, where I was like, absolutely not. Did I just get caught? That's ridiculous. But <laughs> I love that in games. You know, yep. like I love that because you love to hate it. 
and uh <laughs> and i don't want to spoil anything obviously we'll we'll get there but this game is wow like i was blown mm-hmm. away uh from start to finish that those bosses are were fun that final boss what a what so a good. cool freaking boss you know some of the stuff fight. that goes on i i'm almost at a loss because i feel like there may be things or callbacks or certain cool things that i missed out on not having played any of the previous i don't know or not but uh but it was so easy to pick up they tell you they give you a little back lore right away and they keep you intrigued with it the whole time and i, I was never lost or anything even though it seems like it might be overwhelming when you're looking at the map they really do just like you really can't there's not that much backtracking. The backtracking is yeah. part of the forward tracking, you know, because you have to go back to these areas to move forward. But you go back to them in such an easy manner without really needing a fast travel, you know. There's, I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it without actually playing it, but um, but it, it was so well designed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, I don't want to take up all the time, but blown away by this game. Yeah, Dan, you finished it since the last episode we recorded too. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I beat it. I mean, last time I played it, I, I was absolutely loving it, and I was just itching to play more of it. It is just... Shelby, you explained it absolutely perfectly. Uh, the one thing I want to add, though, is it just it, it just it feels so good to play. I mean, the control scheme is just absolutely... It's just it's flawless. And it sounds sacrilegious to say, but, I mean, it is on par with, with Super Metroid, and, and, I, and surpasses it in... And, 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 different categories and of course that'll happen you know after was it 35 (laughs) years 37 years not 30 wait 27 years (laughs) but still so that makes sense as far as a technical uh aspect it's only going to get better but man it just it feels so so good to play and it's just an absolute pleasure that's a great great game great experience yeah absolutely i would you think of that last boss dan did it take you oh. did it take you long to do or was it just fun the whole time were you getting frustrated yeah, it was fun the whole time i never had a point in the game that i was frustrated i think part of it is the quick load times after you die mm-hmm. i mean it's very very quick and fluid um so i never had uh i never really had an issue it, you know it was just fun from from start to start to finish yeah i totally agree i felt the same way i i've heard people online talking like, oh, man, there were some parts that were really, really frustrating. For me, it was never frustrating. And when I would die to a boss a couple times, every time you f- you learned something and you felt good about going back into it, it's like, all right, I feel good. Let's go learn something more, you know? Like, it was yeah. super well designed. And, and the, the way that they gave all these secret ways of beating these bosses. Have you guys seen any of these? Like. No. Uh-huh. Like, there's ways to, like, one-shot some of the bosses if you do a certain thing. <laughs> no like, way, really? <laughs> did you notice... Uh, all right, so slight spoiler. Skip skip 30 seconds if you don't want to know anything about it. But did you notice when in that Kraid fight, if you have the morph ball, you can go to the left? Like, there's a morph ball slot? Is there? Like, I didn't have the morph ball at that time. I don't know if you guys did, but you can go... I don't go- think so either. I think... Uh- I think that was much later on the morph ball. Yeah, for me too. But there was there's yeah. an area where you you can go in and it shoots you into his belly button, and you <laughs> can like blow up a bunch of bombs and do like massive amounts of damage to him. Because oh, remember, he God, has that nasty cool. like hole in his yeah, in the his stomach. Hole, yeah. <laughs> I just think stuff that's like hilarious. that is so cool. Like they did such a good job of thinking of cool and interesting like ways to just you know jump in and find a way to beat a boss really quick or something like that that's awesome, that's awesome. I, gotta, I gotta play this game again now 
Yeah. It just, gotta, it, but the, the truth is, it just feels so good to play. And it is so cool and so stylish. Like, they made Samus. Th- this game does Samus justice in a way that none of the other games have since, like, Super Metroid. Mm. Like, she, she just feels like such a badass. And the way the camera swings around when you're doing crazy stuff and you get a mini cutscene in the middle of a boss battle and, you, and yet you're in control shooting missiles. Like, so many just awesome, awesome moments. Like, I, I really think this game is definitely one of the best of the year. I think it's such an excellent game. Yeah, if not one of the yeah. best of all time. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So that's Metroid Dread. We'll be seeing you again game of the year time. Now, let's talk about the game Unpacking. Yeah. So Unpacking is out on Game Pass right now. I heard some people talking about it. So I jumped in. Uh, It is a really interesting little game. Um, (laughs) You... I, I guess I could basically tell you how it starts off. So it starts off with... Uh, a childhood bedroom with a bunch of boxes to be unpacked, right? So cardboard boxes, you click on one of the cardboard boxes, it opens up, and then you one by one click, and you'll get an item out of the box. So it may be a stuffed animal, a diary, a bunch of books. And what you're doing is in this beautiful, really nice-looking pixel art graphic room, bedroom, you are choosing where to place everything. And it's very, that's basically it. That's the game. There's some light puzzle stuff with like, okay, it'll only let you put certain things in certain rooms or on certain, you know, in cabinets or yada, yada, stuff like that. But it's very light. But what they end up doing in a really interesting way is each room or each like, quote unquote, like unpacking, like every time you move this character, it like tells you what year it is so it starts off with like um you know 2003 or something like that i think even earlier i think it starts at 97 okay have you been playing this too uh, show i i've played the first three levels okay um but i know yeah not too well i don't know how long it is but but yeah no you're 100 percent right with everything um it starts you off it gives you like you have a weird non-verbal story going on totally you know it's and like as you, you as know, you start going through it, you're basically seeing the story of this person's life you know and like yeah. at a certain point you know I, this is i mean if you want to call this a spoiler or whatever but at a certain point one of the one of the places you're moving into is like clearly like a single male <laughs> like house like you are moving into <laughs> this house that is you know very obviously a 20 something year old single man and this is probably the first time he's having someone move in because it's like <laughs> there's no space on the walls for anything there's like a bunch of stuff hung up there's like a guitar in a in a like a you know a shadow box you know on the wall displayed there's like it's just the thing that's cool about it is the storytelling is very smart it is not basic. Like they are doing things, and this is the example that I want to say. So in that person's house, right, they didn't make room for any of your stuff. So now it's on you mm-hmm. to like move stuff around. So it's like in the shower, there's not a lot of room for like your razor or your soap or something like that. So it's like 
you're like moving stuff around. Whereas the previous one you moved into, it looked like a house with a couple of other roommates that are probably females based on everything that's around. And it's like, they made some space for some of your stuff. And it's so interesting because it really does. It goes a long way in like that storytelling and it makes it feel like they're telling you something without telling you anything. And it's really, really cool. The smartest thing they did and I'm sorry again, this may be a spoiler if you consider it that, but you know, all this stuff is kind of nebulous. But the smartest thing they did is in that in that house I'm talking about, there's nowhere to hang your diploma. You physically can't. The only way the only place you can put it is in the closet. That's the only place the game allows you to put it because there's no wall space for it. And I wow. think that's so like it's very clever. It really is very clever. And yeah. now there were at the end, did you notice Maybe it was just me, um, but it, there are some items they want you to put in certain areas. Yes. Um, with, like, whether or not you're able to put it there or not. But I think at the end of the level, once you have everything out of the box, a few items will glow red, and they're like, no, this actually doesn't belong here. Um, yes, that's correct. So that was another way that I thought was cool with the storytelling. When they're like, no, your diary, like, that has to go in your drawer when you're a little kid. You know, like a little yeah. girl would keep that next to them at all times. I and put it under my I was my like, pillow. oh, yeah, you know. And Under the pillow, did you? Yeah. I was like, they're just things that make sense, you know? Yeah. And, um, but you're totally and, right. You know, where you're watching this character grow up. Yes. And it continues that way. I think it really, for what it's going for, I mean, not to mention the fact that every single thing has a different sound based on the different surface you put it down on. Like, it is definitely handled with huge, so much care. Like, the people that made this game like knew what they were doing and they were like we just want to do it as perfectly as we want like there's like a can of febreze that you you know take with you and if you put it down on the countertop it makes one noise if you put it on the back of the toilet it makes a different similar noise but it's different it's like so smart just a little shit and i i, I think it's a really cool game i liked it a lot i played through it in a couple sittings it's probably four or five hours um and yeah i would i would again this is not i think because it's such a it's so limited in what the gameplay is it didn't speak to me in a way where i'm like oh this is like one of my favorite games of the year but i think it does a great job with its story and it is satisfying to organize things so there's something there that I would definitely recommend this game to other people. I think it's a very good game, and I really enjoyed my time with it, even if it's not, you know, something I'm going to think about in in five years. Hmm. All right, fair enough. Thank you for that, gentlemen. Let's move on to our next game, Forza Horizon Five. Yeah, Shelb, have you jumped into this one yet? So I've scratched the surface of the plastic around what. <laughs> I am anticipating to be my favorite toy I opened this year. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I I downloaded the the mega game that it is and um, yeah. just did, did the very... Did you download you it know, on your it, shiny new Xbox One X? Well, that's what X, I did this morning. <laughs> I did that this morning, but I, I actually held off for a few days. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it on the Xbox One. There's just no point. <laughs> Let me just experience it the way it's meant to be experienced <laughs> and uh <laughs> so i couldn't i couldn't do it i went over to my uh to my dad's house my brother's playing and he's like yeah no you're an idiot you can't wait and i was like yeah you're right i can't wait <laughs> and uh 
So what I did was I did I uh, downloaded it and played the opening sequence, which if you've played a Horizon, a Forza Horizon mm-hmm. game before, is always a marvel, you know, like to mm-hmm. to experience. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's all I've done. Um, pretty cool thing then, to to have only. Oh done. yeah, awesome. You know, like what what a Fast and Furious little mix into the Horizon there. I mean, <laughs> Forza Horizon Four had an amazing one, so I was like, Five's got to have another one, and they lived up. They did. Um, yeah, I mean the game. I'm just I can't I can't wait. So I'm I'm assuming you've played a bit more, and yeah, uh, I would I, love I, to hear your thoughts. I played a couple hours. Um, I will say off the bat, me personally, driving games are like popcorn for me. Like there's not like it's never a thing that is is like I'm gonna be itching to go in and and dive into. And I know a lot of people are not do not share that with me and that's totally fine but this is a really really good one of these and i and i really enjoyed the time that i've spent so far where it's just super fun to just cruise around this world it 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 takes the forza horizon formula and even one ups it a little bit where there's like more to do in the open world that's something that is huge for me because my favorite racing game of all time is burnout paradise right and, and Burnout Paradise is, these games are getting closer to Burnout Paradise, which is very cool, <laughs> where it's like not only are you driving around to find different races and having little races on the way, but now there's like, oh, there's some stuff to, you know, oh, let's see if you can make this jump and hit this sign in mm-hmm. the open world. That's the shit that I like. <laughs> like I see that and I'm yeah. like, yes, please, more of this. That's <laughs> that's the burnout paradise stuff where it's just like, it's it's that open world formula, like like almost like your, you know, your Skyrim or something like that, except for you're driving around. It's like that's your main verb, right? And right. and this game is closer. They've been getting closer and closer to that. So I, I've loved what I've spent with it. I, I probably don't have too much more to say. I think the game's gorgeous. Uh, it runs super smoothly for me on the Series X. And I really, really like it. I think it's it's a great one to, like a palate cleanser, you know. If you want something, hey, I just had a long day at work. You know, I was with the baby for a few hours. Now I just want to play a driving game and just turn my brain off and enjoy. That's uh, this is a perfect kind of game for that, and and I, I I think it's really really good. I love the setting. I love the style. Um, I think it's just a really good one of these. It's never this type of game is never going to be for me like a game of the year contender. For a lot of people, it mm-hmm. is. I mean, the game is has a ninety two on Open Critic. Like that's oh, the wow, highest. It really? It's the highest rated game of the year, and that's with like a hundred and something reviews. Like, Damn. so people love this game and i i am right up there where i'm like if if you ask me objectively the quality of this game it's it's a nine out of ten like you know what i'm saying like it it really is that good it's just not my thing and and that doesn't mean i can't enjoy it i'm i'm enjoying the hell out of it but it's not something that is gonna like grab me and make me want to play 50 hours of it and and say it's my game of the year you know what i mean oh right but yeah, yeah it's really really cool. I'm excited for you to jump in, Shelby. I know you're a big fan of the Forza Horizon games. Oh think, yeah, for sure. I, and I, and I, I think you're. Love I mean, it. we're talking about we're talking about a next gen game, and oh, yeah. we talk about this every week. That is 
on Game Pass on Game day Pass. one. You know, like this is and for, let's be real, Burnout Paradise also on Game Pass. So yeah, if you want to yeah. talk about, if you want to go experience Dan's favorite racing game, it's there too. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just I am um, I couldn't be more excited to to jump back into it. Yeah, oh, I think you're gonna oh. absolutely love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. My brother is one of those people you talk about where like he's going to play this until the next Forza Horizon comes out. <laughs> right. Like I think that's the, awesome. That's, and it, I yeah, and the, he's a motorhead man. He loves this stuff. The fact that they're making this quality of game time and time again is just so amazing like like they're just making it better every time i think that's that's really spectacular oh yeah and they're doing they're the fable people right they're doing fable yeah yeah this is this is uh playground games that's That's it oh yeah all right gents that is forza horizon 5 now who's playing returnal in this house is that you shop get some returnal in there that that is me all right um, shelby Upon finally finishing some of the other ones that I was in in uh, in the pl- uh, in the middle of playing, I I decided to head back to Returnal, and um and do some damage. Now I'm it, this this game is hard, man. Returnal mm-hmm. is not an easy game. <laughs> um, but I was very like I was very iffy with it when I first started, um, a couple months ago, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm loving this. And even the first like hour or two of replaying it now, uh, last week, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can stick with this. Like, I just wasn't loving it. And then, like, you know what it was? I just wasn't a fan of that first biome because once mm-hmm. I got out of the first biome and started really progressing, I was like hooked. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this game is great. Um, I'm currently not not too too far. I mean, I the second biome, I've only made it to the third. The second biome so far is my absolute favorite. I thought it was absolutely incredible. But um You're in the I'm third up, though? I've gotten so to the boss that... of the third twice. Oh I wow. cannot I haven't beaten him yet. I've gotten to the third boss twice. What do you think of that second boss? I beat him on my first try. Wow. But he was my favorite one so far. He was such a cool boss. But I got so worried too because it took me forever to get to him. And then I was like, if I die, I'm gonna be so upset. And I beat him on my first try. That's impressive. That's not it. an easy boss. Well, I'll tell you what, it makes no sense because the first boss was kicking my ass for a little while and he is like super easy and I can't even like, it didn't make any sense. Um, what do you think of the, game with, without moment. spoiling it, what do you think of the third? Oh, it's it's just an absolute what a spectacle. Sti- <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it's crazy because you have the, the individual, I guess, if you want to call it yeah. that with your first and second boss and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh my God, like what mm-hmm. is happening here? Oh, um, I love and, this yeah. game, man it's it's good man so that's where i'm at obviously it has kind of that inscription uh thing where it's it's a horror mystery where you're just like Mm -hmm. until you beat it you're really not going to understand what the hell is going on right um so that's where i'm at and i and i love it um that third boss i beat on my first try did you yeah i I tried him twice and i was just like uh i couldn't i i once i died the second both times in the third phase like the final phase and everything and i was like oh it's so demoralizing it's just <laughs> like it and that's probably why i haven't picked it up in a couple of days because i was just like oh my god like yeah. i can't i can't do it again right um and that's the only downside to this type of game for me where it's like i i progress so far and i don't know it's just like I, I just can't do it again. I'm like, I need some some niceness. I need to right. like go watch a cartoon or something. You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's such but an it's, interesting uh, balance because it's like, 
like part of me is with you where it's like man just make the same game but making it make it a like linear you know with checkpoints but yeah the thing about this the way they built it is those boss fight that's the most tense moment of the year is yeah. when you're in those boss fights like you yeah. are on the edge of your seat like come on come on like yeah like don't die don't die don't there die. are so <laughs> few games that can get that yeah. out of you you know what i mean yeah. And and that's why like the triumphant feeling of of beating it is like I, I said it when it came out and I still stick by it. It's, it's it's Dark Souls and those Souls games are second only to this. This is the most tense like yeah. And what a release when you beat it. It's like oh yeah, you're oh jumping around God. the room. <laughs> it is. It absolutely has that feeling, and it's just like. I getting up to the third boss, you go through like a little temple-ish sort of mm. thing, and oh my god, was I like the entire time because you know you're almost mm-hmm. at the boss, like the first time you get to him <laughs> at least, and you're like almost there, and there's these giant like automatons, like <laughs> oh my god, I was just like yeah, the, uh, literally like you said, like on the edge of my seat the entire time, just don't die, don't die, don't die, don't die, you know, like going crazy, like hiding, letting my regen stuff go. And, and every time you get back to that area, it's a little bit different because your boons are a little bit different, you know, like you Mm -hmm. might not have the regen boon or, or certain things or the same weapon. Like I despise the shotgun weapon. I think it's a dumb weapon and I hate it. Oh, I loved it. Like once you get to certain areas though, like in the first area, that weapon's great because you can jump on jump right up to an enemy i mean the, dude if the, you but if you get that spit maw and you whatever it's called and you think, get yeah, the the opposite of a scatter shot the tight shot yeah like where it's like not a not a big spread that thing basically becomes like a shotgun sniper and it's amazing yeah there was even like one part where you get like a almost a rocket launcher kind of weapon yeah but it's got three three ammo yeah or like it, it's a single shot like three ammo and then you re restart my one gripe with how the game plays because once you really get into the um the gist of it like you you're playing well you're playing where you know you're where your buttons are and how to jump and dodge and do what you need to do i i don't love the fact that your alt fire is pulling down the trigger more because yeah. there are so many tense situations to where like I, I know my hand well, is so tense that I like can't that. do yeah. I, I like I I alt fire by accident because yeah. I just squeeze the trigger you know in in like fright almost uh-huh. um so that's my only one uh the the only downfall I think with the how the game plays because otherwise the traversal and everything like this and and ratchet so far have have been my two like this is a next gen game right um well on the PlayStation at least so far yeah. Uh, those have been the two games where I'm like, this, like, we're playing the next generation. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only downside to it. Otherwise, I am completely in awe of of. I'm I'm just happy that I went back and uh, and too. experienced the way that I needed to experience it. I'm happy to hear that too, Shelby. That warms my heart. Mm. <laughs> I think that, I think Returnal is one of the best games of the year, and I'm glad I'm glad that you jumped back in. I had told you guys when that game first came out that there's a certain thing I wanted you to see, and it's after you beat the third boss. Yeah, I actually texted Dan. I was like, so when is this? Because I, I had just beaten the first <laughs> boss, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, and then remembering that there were, like, a ton of d- biomes or something. And I was, it took me forever to beat the first guy, like, to get to him. And I was like, so when is this, uh, like, pivotal <laughs> moment? And you were, like, the third boss. And in my, I literally just facepalmed. I was like, oh, my 
got the third one. <laughs> but uh, but then it was like an hour later where I got past the second guy right away, and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Uh, that yeah. is awesome. All right, gents, let's move ahead. Let's talk about the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta. Yeah, so this is interesting. Uh, Xbox had a 20th anniversary like event, and they surprise dropped the Halo Infinite multiplayer. So it's technically a beta, but this is the multiplayer. Yeah, because they had said like. this is it, and it's going to stay open until launch day. So it's not like like this is the game. The game it's out. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, it's it's really good Halo multiplayer. Like I've been I've been playing a little bit of it, and it feels great. I like a lot of the new guns. I like a lot of the new maps. Like it's just a, it's just like a cool, Halo new Halo. And and I haven't felt that way about Halo Four and Halo Five. So, for me, this is like a beautiful return to form for Halo. And uh, obviously I'm excited to play the single player, but that's never really been my thing of Halo. I've always been into the multiplayer aspect of it. Um, But yeah, I mean, Halo Infinite multiplayer, surprise dropped. The rest of the game will be coming out uh, December 8th. So I'm I'm stoked for that. Shelby, you haven't dove into the Halo Infinite multiplayer? I I have... um... Cause I, that was another one where I was just like, all right, I gotta, I gotta touch this before, uh, the next gen version and everything. So I downloaded it and did maybe a, a couple, maybe like five online uh, scenarios and stuff, but I, I'm coming at it with completely new eyes. You know, I didn't get an Xbox until the Xbox one. So right. the first thing that I got with that was the master chief collection, but all I really did was play the main campaigns because right. everybody played like multiplayer Halo 2 back in the day. I, I never <laughs> experienced that other than going to friends' houses and getting my ass whooped. Um, so I'm experiencing it for the first time. And multiplayer has never really been my thing, but I'm going to play the hell out of it until the uh, the campaign comes out. Yeah. And I got a damn uh, Halo Xbox, so I have to. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm just a, a hypocrite. Otherwise, they're uh, taking it back. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so, so are you digging cool. it so far? Like jumping in a little bit? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm getting my ass kicked, but I I love it. You know, like yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. You know, and uh, and I think I've played capture the flag. I've played this one where you have to pick up a ball and like whoever holds it for the, the hundred seconds or something yeah. like that wins Odd the game. Ball, and baby, hot ball or oddball or hot ball? Uh, oddball, 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 like the James Bond guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Odd job. so. Odd job. <laughs> oh, yeah, odd job. <laughs> um, so that's what Imagine I played. His name so far. was Oddball. That'd be amazing. Oddball. <laughs> <It's> oddball. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, they have yeah. uh, mixed into like the quick play playlist. They have a bunch of different modes. Um, so, I mean, I would love it if it was, and I'm sure on launch it will be. But you know, in the Master Chief Collection, they have it a little more granular, where you can kind of pick and choose what mode you want to play. Right. Obviously, I would love to, you know, play SWAT or like sniper shotguns or like you know just regular Slayer and not have to do the objective-based modes. But for right now, I mean, just playing is is super super fun. So, yeah, definitely, Ooh. definitely. And I, I as soon as I turned on uh, the Halo Xbox, it like auto downloads it. So, <laughs> it, I'll be right back to playing it there. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. 
Wait, here's what I want to ask you. When did mm-hmm. that thing, when was it scheduled to release? Like for you, the Xbox? Oh, so uh, the 14th, like three so, days ago. So could you have like leaked this, this surprise drop? Like was it timed up to try to get to you when when it oh, dropped? Oh, maybe, maybe. I mean, mine got sent out because you can only get it online. Right. Um. So by the time it got like I, three days. Um. And yeah, when was the thing? The fifteenth. So I guess yeah. that was kind of wow. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm wondering. It you really was it turned on and auto downloaded. Yeah, it really was the same date. I guess it's interesting. Hmm. Just a th- just some food for thought. All right. Next, Shelby, I know you have beaten Deathloop. Another powwow of a game this year. That doesn't make any sense. Another uh... powerhouse. How about that? Powerhouse. That's the better word. <laughs> that the word you were looking for. That's the word I was looking for. It, it's um, hard to do this podcast late at night after a long day of work. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Um, and I know I was kind of talking to you guys about it and stuff like that. And I... I I think this is another one where we're just getting some really intriguing and different games, which is nice because I feel like sometimes we turn around every year and we're like, oh, here's another one of these. Here's another one of these. And it's just the updated versions and stuff. But then when you have those developers um, go out and take certain aspects and create a whole new experience, that's what Deathloop was to me this year. Like you have the roguelike, but to be able to choose your time of day and, and follow these leads and and really experience this whole different mystery uh, from the inside out, it was it was a lot of fun. Like, this was another one where I was kind of on the fence about it when I started, and then once I got into the thick of it, I was really like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this feels good. I know what I'm doing. I know... Um, like what my aim is and what my goal is in this cycle here and um and i and i enjoyed it through and through my only personal gripe with this was that i just i didn't feel like i had a real connection to the enemy characters which there's eight of seven eight of Mm. um like i just i just didn't feel and I don't know what it is because I loved learning all the story and you're you're really picking up all the leads that you're doing is how to learn more about these people and how to eventually kill them. But the fact that like, I don't know, maybe it's the fact that like as soon as you actually come into contact with one of these characters, you're just shooting at each other and you really have no, no, like no correlation with them. You know, like you only yeah. learn about them via dialogue and, and emails and stuff, which is awesome. But then you have no personal um at like things with them you have no personal dialogue or or anything like that other than immediately trying to kill each other and which is the point of the game i get that i don't know it's it's just a personal thing for me uh plus i found colt and juliana to be incredibly annoying uh, <laughs> to, like to me they were just like every time i started a thing and they're yelling at each other i'm like oh my god shut up um <laughs> it's so but... funny because <laughs> it, it, like i love 
absolutely love the visionaries and reading about them and learning about their personalities and then hearing them talk and what little shitheads they are. <laughs> and then I love the Colton and Juliana back and forth. Like, it's, Oh really? It's, oh, it was, I hated it. <laughs> it becomes, it's a little much at times, but I think it pays off in the end because I just, the thing I liked about it is that she was commenting on things that you were actually doing. Mm-hmm. And I, ju- I just found that pretty cool. Uh, but but yeah, I, again, this is a similar to like uh, what I was saying about Guardians, where it's like I could totally see people being like, mm, "This is annoying as shit," you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That now was that's how I felt about Guardians from the trailers, like we were saying before. It's just had that that vibe to it, and I don't know. I I really don't know what it was. It just didn't the story. Like I said, I loved reading the lore too. Like that stuff was awesome, and learning about them. It's just I guess there's no real interaction with them um outside of that 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 kind of it didn't let me down it's not like i was expecting something crazy it was just it wasn't there and i and i kind of kind of wanted a little bit more from that um i wanted to hate these people more i guess <laughs> and uh but but seriously i mean the game is the the amount of time and and patience and like the fact that you were taking four different time zones eight different characters and being able to line up that perfect run uh, by the end is just incredible, incredible amount of thought going into the game and uh, and care, and they did an amazing job. It is, like, it, whether it's on my top ten or not, it is, spoiler alert, but it's uh, <laughs> it's one of the best games of the year, for sure. Yeah, totally. Fair agree. enough. All right, thank you for that, Shelb. Last but not least of games that we've been playing, I'm happy to mentioned that i have been playing outer wilds echoes of the eye the dlc um from mobius mobius studios um i haven't gotten to play more since last we talked about it but i just realized last we talked about it that episode went bye-bye so it's just like that's true all right so i'm just gonna talk about it like uh, i just started playing it um <laughs> me and my sister you know it's it's one of those things that you know i would love to play more of you know unfortunately me and my sister have completely different schedules at the moment um, and it's something that I, I have to play with her. Um, it's just Outer Wilds has become our game, and we are loving this DLC. And you know, the best thing that I can say about it is that this DLC it feels like such a beautiful continuation of what made the first game great. Yet it also feels like its own new, unique game. And it just gets me so incredibly excited, just because I love Outer Wilds, and this seems like the perfect cherry on top of what makes that game so great, but also pushing the boundaries and pushing the envelope of, you know, other avenues and other ideas that they had for the game that they can now explore. And it just gets me super excited just to play more of this game, uh, to be a part of that world, but also explore a new area. And it gets me really, really hyped for what this studio has next, because what they created with this DLC, I mean, it's pretty much its own new game you know it's not just like a two hour DLC. I mean, this is a full, you know, maybe eight hour expansion. And it just it gets me very, very excited for what the studio can do because what they are doing with this DLC, I mean, we all know how we feel about the original Outer Wilds and this DLC. I mean, it definitely can hold a candle to it because it is it is absolutely incredible. It has this amazing vibe to it, this amazing intrigue. You know, my favorite part about Outer Wilds is that, like, level of, man, I got to find out what happened or what this is or what that is. And this DLC has it. It is fantastic, and I love it, and I can't wait to play more of it. So hopefully, you know... Once all these holidays are over and my sister, you know, finishes school, we can get back to uh, playing it and beat it because, I, you know, it's absolutely awesome. Hell yeah. So I, 
that's and that's <laughs> all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think that wraps up what we've been playing. Now it's time to go over our new. News beats. Now, some of these uh, are probably a little outdated just because of what happened with our last episode. So let's go through those first. I know there's a few, including a few releases that already, you know, happened quite a bit ago. So we'll just go through this. Um, first off, I want to mention that Concerned 8, um, Eric Barone of Stardew Valley is a part of Concerned 8. Um, he announced a new game called The Haunted Chocolatier with a revealed trailer. So it looks really, really cool. Anybody that loves Stardew Valley... You know, it's got its, you know, beautiful, quirky nature about it. Um, Haunted Chocolatier looks really, really interesting. So I'm definitely excited to see what, uh, what, what you know, what that studio puts out. Because, yeah, you know, I, 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 that's basically a single person dev. Like, he made every single part of Stardew Valley. And I'm just stoked to see what he does. I mean, creatively, really, really awesome developer. So Stardew is a great game. Uh, and I'm stoked to see what he does next. Yeah, definitely. Um, gents, let's do it. Let's just get right into it. I feel like we've been talking about this for so long, but they released the Uncharted movie trailer um, a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot to say about it. I, uh, in a nutshell, you know, for me, you know, I will definitely go see this movie. I love Uncharted. I will have to go see this movie. Um, the trailer is fine. It, it, you know, I, I, I think if... You know, I saw it in the movie theaters, and it wasn't Uncharted. It would just seem like another generic, you know, national treasure sort of movie. And I would just kind of say, all right, I'm, you know, that's definitely for somebody. Um, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's doing its Hollywood thing. Well, uh, I guess we'll see. I don't know what, what your guys' take was on the on the Uncharted movie. Shelby, um, go ahead. You're the, you're yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uncharted guy. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think you kind of nailed what just about most people who saw this movie would say you know uh, outside of the people who love uncharted which i know is a, a big amount of people i think most general americans would turn around uh, not americans but most general people <laughs> in the world would turn around and um be like yeah that's a that's another one of those you know like that's yeah. how i feel every time i see a fast and furious trailer you know so right um so i think you nailed that on the head I am in the same boat. Like, I'm going to go see this. I think the trailer is fine. I, I'm surprised by a lot of things. I'm surprised that they're they're using aspects from two different... Well, from the two later games, really. I mean, that yeah. they're they're going right for that. Um, I'm not mad about it. It's definitely a, a video game movie so far from the trailer. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, but I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far. I, I, I like Tom Holland as an actor. Mark Wahlberg is always going to be Mark Wahlberg, no matter who he plays. Um, so I'm just hoping that he he plays a good mentor. I'm well, not. Ex yeah. I wasn't expecting them to go out there and be like, "Oh my God, Tom Holland's going to have like if if the character had a British accent, like he has to have this British accent, and it's got to sound exactly like, like that's not what I want from this. You know, like nobody's going to look like Nathan Drake." Right. But they can they can act and be except, except, except Nathan Fillion, <laughs> except for Nathan Fillion, of course. And uh, so it's so I'm I'm excited to see the next trailer and see how they really um, go more into it because we know this movie's going to be like look great. It's going to have these big set pieces. It's going to have exactly everything that the games are great about. If it can keep a story as intriguing as the games do, then then I think it'll do great. Um, and I'll be yeah. excited to see what else they do. But uh, what, other than that, let's let's see. What is the opposite of a chameleon? 
because that's what Mark Wahlberg is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is who a he million. is. He's the same million. <laughs> he is a... He's the same million. He's same a million. toad. <laughs> Uh, so. But yeah, I really think, like, like you said, Mark Wahlberg is going to be Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and and when, when he's in the right spot, like in Boogie Nights, it yeah. works great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think Mark Wahlberg, one of my favorite things is uh, the movie he did with The Rock and Anthony Mackie, where they just played, like, juice heads trying to steal money. Like, that oh, Mark Wahlberg yeah. was great in that movie. Because Pain that was and Gain? Pain and Gain, yeah, where they just were neurotic Jew said, "Kind of idiots." Almost. That's kind of a good movie. It's a great movie. I love that movie. But like that was a perfect role for him, you know. Right. Um. And uh. But yeah, that's just. (laughs) Listen, he's he can act, but he can act like Mark Wahlberg. That's how he acts. (laughs) (laughs) So he's just like any other human. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, how's that going? (laughs) All right. So, in other news, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp is delayed to spring 2022. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, it stinks. I love Advance Wars, but if it's got to be delayed, I'd rather it be delayed. Wait, I like let's, see if I, let's see if I can remember this quote this time. Yeah, let's a hear de- it. A, de- a, de- uh, a delayed <laughs> game... No, wait. A delayed game can be great, but a rush game is bad forever. There you go. The in the bushes, it's right? like... That was much closer than I tried last time. <laughs> much closer than to our good friend's uh, quote. Shigeru Miyamoto. All right. Good old Shigeru. So there's a, rumor, there's a rumor out there, gents, that there's going to be a Wu-Tang Clan action RPG in development in partnership with Xbox. Yeah. Which sounds interesting. interesting. Very interesting. It almost feels like something that you would hear as a headline in like 2002 or something. Not necessarily something you'd hear about in 2021. Yeah, but the Wu Tang Clan. But I do, Clan. I do love the Wu Tang Clan, and I do love action RPGs. So it makes sense too, though. I mean, they were always into like pop oh, culture. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be cool, especially the way that they describe it—that it's going to be like a you know four player. Like a, it seemed like it was going to be like a um, divinity in a way, sort of thing, where you you know you have the four characters and yeah. I know. So, it, it, I mean, that'd be really cool. I mean, they're from cool. they're from the slums of Shaolin, so we know how the, how the story begins. We <laughs> all know. <laughs> so that's cool. That'd be cool if that comes to fruition. Um, Shelby, you were talking about Returnal uh, earlier. Um, there was an update a few weeks ago that added a suspense cycle. Um, there was also a photo mode that uh, was added, but the suspense cycle is pretty cool and that you are now able to stop your game um, in the middle of a run and you know it, it in a way sort of you know pause the game and um people have now been able to i was reading up on it that this is how people have used it as a save feature that they hit the suspend cycle uploaded their file up to the uh the cloud so that when they played the suspend cycle and they died then they can just you know re-upload their their file <laughs> and, and in a way have their own save file to finally beat the game um you know uh... i know it's not how the developers not how it's intended, but to be played. But hey, if it gets you to the end of the game and you're yeah. cool with it, I mean, that's that's what you got to do. But the suspense cycle is pretty cool. It's great. Um, it's just it's, because, it's, aka parent mode, because <laughs> there's no chance I can sit down and play a game for an hour and a half straight with without yeah. pausing it or doing anything. No, it's, it's great. So it's, it's small bladder, uh, you know, 
uh, I have a small bladder. So, I mean, I need to take three bathroom trips in a matter of half an hour. So, I mean, you can do a regular pause, pause the game. But, <laughs> but not to like leave it for a day yeah. or if, or if, oh, I want to play a different game on my PS5. Oh, my nephew's over. He wants to play Sackboy. Sorry, I have a returnal run going that I put an hour and a half into and I can't, I can't yeah. quit it. So, so just say boy. all that. So what you guys are saying is you don't you don't spend twenty four hours in the bathroom like I do. Oh, Dan, see a doctor, man. Yeah, probably. Drink. <laughs> so, that's the that's the problem. Drinking too much water. Jeez, I, I went to the bathroom twice during this podcast, and you had no idea. Wow, good old piss jug. That's it. Anyway, no, yeah. So I think that's an awesome thing that Returnal did. Um, but that's I great. actually have yet to use it. So oh. I don't know. Look at this guy over here. The way it was meant well, to be. You know why? Because if I, better than us? It, if I did use it, I would get him killed immediately upon returning. Forgetting so, where you were. 100% forget what boons <laughs> I had. I did, so there's no way I could do it. <laughs> I know myself too well. <laughs> In other news, there was a Sony State of Play on October 27th. That was a while ago, but I got to say, if I remember correctly, there really wasn't much... Uh, to write home about we found out that death store was going to be on the ps5 which was cool we got a new five nights at freddy's there was going to be bug snacks the isle of big bug snacks which would be a new update coming early 2022 you had it right big snacks yeah Yeah. oh the isle of big snacks isle of big snacks um that was about it we got king of fighters 15 um (laughs) Nothing else of well, note. Well, we got we got the that devil look inside. into little devil inside, yeah, which is pretty interesting. So I feel like yeah. we've been talking about that game for for a little bit. Yeah, Shelb, I know you you were pretty excited for that game. Um, what would you think of what we saw from that? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely interesting the what they were trying to highlight, considering this state of play was kind of geared towards that you know like we knew that we were going to get more of this game and i was so blown away by the initial trailer um that this trailer with the whole overworld stuff i think was a way of them being like listen we don't want to hide behind the curtain of of what this game actually entails like we don't want people to start playing it and be like oh my god this this wasn't in the original trailer you know right so i'm happy they showed some of this stuff and i think it looks really good artistically it looks really good i just hope it doesn't become mundane to play through like um it kind of reminded me before when you were talking about darkest dungeons 2 not needing that caravan stuff you know like i'm hoping little devil inside doesn't fall into a similar thing like that Although I was very, um, very happy to see more from this game. I like the kind of views you get from inside the train in the beginning. I thought the one part where they showed combat um, with the sword and shield and like being able to impale a character and then like throw them at another one, like that stuff looks awesome. So I'm hoping that's the majority of, of like combat in the game um, because, uh, because I was very, that very stuff did happy. That really cool. That. Yeah. yeah. What'd you guys think? Yeah, it looks really, really interesting. I'm totally down. Yeah, I think I, think, I don't have much more to add about the state of play. Yeah. I, so actually, my the thing that I was actually looking forward to most, um, and it kind of flew under the radar, was uh, we got a new trailer for the uh, We Are OFK. We found out that their new oh, album yeah. is coming out. There's going to be a series coming in 2022. Um, I don't know. There's just something about it that just really, really intrigues me. 
Um, you know, I, I think don't know the, much about- the the dialogue in this trailer was pretty pretty great, and yeah, uh, it seems like they're nailing the tone that they want to go for. Yeah, it yeah. just you know what? It just seems like it's going to be a Dan Dufresne game. Just something about it. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited. This game really, really intrigues me, and I'm just like all about what it is. So I'm very exciting. It's like an in. This is what you know the the headline: indie pop music biopic game coming yep. out for PS5 and PS4, and that's just a beautiful way to put it. And just everything about it just it gets me excited. I. Uh, I am. I'm really looking forward to this. This is like one of those sleeper games. You know, you don't see a lot of, you know, talk about it, but I'm definitely keeping my eyes peeled. Yeah, agreed on that one, Dan. So, cool. So that was the Sony State of Play. Nothing much more to add. Um, we got a leak. Um, a new game called the Warner Brother Multiverses. It's a Smash Brothers-style fighting game with all characters from Warner Brothers, like the Justice League, Steven Universe, Rick and Morty, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck um it's interesting it's funny to uh to hear about that um especially since the nintendo's all-stars game uh just came out you know it seems like everybody's hopping on the smash brothers uh bandwagon uh 20 years after uh it started so it's kind of kind of funny to see dude i cannot wait to see a gandalf the gray get smacked in the face by pickle rick (laughs) (laughs) so interesting so that's imagine the memes we don't have <laughs> we don't have a release date. This is just a leak, um, but yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes out for that one. In yeah. other news, Weird West gets a release date of January 11th. Another game we've been talking about for a long time, so it'd be cool finally to get to get our hands on that one. Yeah, it looks great. It came out. Uh, they they announced that date alongside like some gameplay previews. People got their hands on it and really positive stuff. It's it's described so as Ralph Colantonio, who is uh, he was one of the founders of Arcane and made the original Dishonored. He was the the director. Um, so he said that this is an immersive sim in an isometric perspective. Uh, it's being published by Devolver. I'm, I've been really, really excited for this game for a long time. So everything I've heard and seen got me pretty stoked. And now it's coming out in like a month and a half. Perfect. Can't wait. All right. In other news, Amy Hennig of Naughty Dog, former Naughty Dog fame, um, announced that they're working with Marvel for their first game. And some are, some sources are saying that they're looking at maybe doing a Daredevil game. So I... I I saw some really smart people diving into interviews uh, with people that are working on this game. There was someone that was on like Kevin Smith's podcast that's working writing on this game, and they said like, "Oh, somebody already guessed it in chat what what Marvel property it is." And someone took like a screenshot of like what they said recently. And there were only a couple viable options, but I think the one that people figured out is Fantastic Four. Oh, so I think okay. All signs are pointing to a Fantastic Four game coming out. Listen, I I I believe the smart people. Let's do it. There are a lot of good internet detectives out there. Definitely. Speaking of Marvel. Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed to the second half of 2022. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my most anticipated games. Obviously, Marvel meets XCOM meets Mass Effect. I mean, a pretty cool combination of things there, especially since mm-hmm. it's Jake Solomon heading the game, who is literally the one that created XCOM Enemy Unknown. 
Um, so I am really, really stoked for it. But again, like we always say, Dan, what's the quote? Hit, hit the quote, Dan. Oh, is it time? I was going to save it for the end. Dan, life the quote? Mo- <laughs> life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. You know, the quote that I was mentioning was that Miyamoto oh, quote right. that you just said, oh. but but th- that works too, Dan. <laughs> oh, I, I choked. I got, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm still stoked for this game, and I, they should take all the time they need to make it the best game that they can. Uh, sorry, I choked there. All right, let's move on. Let's <laughs> let's try to rub that one off. Okay. Um, in other news, another delay we have: Steam Deck has been delayed until February. Yes, everyone was excited to get them before the holidays, and then not happening. Sorry, but. Riot surprise dropped Ruin King, a League of Legends story in Hextech. So if you like League of Legends, a nice, beautiful surprise. You got those games ready to play, baby. So so this is the beauty of it, Dan. I don't like League of Legends, but I like the world because I loved the card game that they made, Legends of Runeterra. Yes. And I liked all the characters and the world and everything. So a turn-based rpg set in that world i think could be pretty cool so it was a game that i was following and saying oh you know that could be pretty cool i'll check that out and then all of a sudden it was just surprise dropped on uh i think it was november 16th all right dan Um, you gotta get on that so i might have to check that out for next episode you might get on that all right i'll I'll peek i'll peek at some reviews before i do all right sounds good all right so we got some fun news coming up but Let's just get the uh, the sad and bad and murky stuff out of the way. Let's talk about the Bobby Kotick expose. If you remember a few months ago, um, Activision Blizzard, there was there was quite a kerfuffle over there um, regarding sexual harassment over at the company. Um, as per usual, the CEOs and executives were really, really crappy about it. Um, not taking the side of their employees. And if I remember correctly, there was about a thousand employee walkout um, of yep. the company. What we found out so, uh, Bobby Kotek, he's the CEO of Activision Blizzard. And, you know, this whole time, you know, he's playing it off, you know, oh, we do not support this in our company, you know, all the usual uh, platitudes that these crappy, you know, CEOs always say. Um, turns out he knew what was going on all along and swept it under the rug. There was actually, um, at the time of these allegations, I forget, oh, Fran Townsend, there was a letter. He was one of the, uh, the executives overseeing employees. He sent a letter, um, to the employees that, you know, dismissed all the allegations and, you know, Kotick came out and said, yeah, what that executive said was, you know, tone deaf and that's not what we support here at Activision Blizzard. But it turns out that Bobby Kotick wrote that letter and, <laughs> and, and signed it as this employee, Fran Townsend, and then pretended that he, that he did. It's just so funny when I'm reading this because it's like funny in a very sad, sad way because it's just it's so moronic and just so terrible and so crappy that these people just get away with this and that they just they're so out of touch with with what's going on and they're and they're the people that work for them. Uh, that he just thinks he can get away with it. So when it came out that that letter was actually written by him, 
it's just ridiculous. So he knew what yeah. was going on the, the entire time, and it's just, it's just unacceptable. There was even and, something in there about he had made a he threatened somebody's life in an email like he said like if if you do this like i'll kill you or like straight up like just said that in an email like the email was sent as part of the story like forwarded or it's like what like if you read some of this stuff it is beyond the pale like all these different like firsthand accounts and stuff it's absolutely wild Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. There's. And I wish no, I could say it was surprising, but it's not. Well, that's the thing. You know, there's absolutely no excuse, and it's just I feel like we we hear, uh, you know, about this constantly uh, from these game developers, and you know, unfortunately, it's just seems to be rampant everywhere, and not only in the video game industry, but but all these industries. You know, there, there's something needs to change, something needs to give, because this is absolutely ridiculous, and nobody should have to work under these sort of conditions. So that's why we got to talk about it. That's right. So now we talk about that. Let's get into some more um, uplifting news. Let's talk about the Thunderful World Showcase. Yeah. So Thunderful, if correct me if I'm wrong, is a new game developer. I feel like they're sort of making their way. Like, yeah, in this publisher. They're, they're pub- thank you, a publisher, and they're buying up a few uh, companies. Correct. Yeah. So it's a the way that it works. Like a lot of these work is they are a developer that then became a publisher. So they still make their own games. And if you look into what games they made, um, there's a couple of notable ones. The Steam World games are part of that studio. Uh, I believe I'll have to double check this. Spiritfarer was a Thunderful game. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they they've started to become you know like like we're seeing now there's like nice little conglomerates of smaller publishers like devolver and annapurna and stuff like mm-hmm. that and and they're trying to make their way into that space so they had a little showcase and they have mark hamill host it and it was super fun i watched the whole thing um there's some good looking games on here some I mean, really good looking games yeah so I'm just going to name a few of them, and if there's any ones that you guys want to, you know, talk about, please let me know. We got Steam World Headhunter. Yeah. Uh, any anytime there's a new Steam World game, you got to play it. They're they're excellent, very well designed games. Um, we, and I'm yeah. I'm stoked for that. We have The Gunk, which is going to be an yes. Xbox and PC exclusive, coming out December 16th. Coming to Game Pass Day One. Yeah. That one I'm excited for. That one looks. It awesome. looks so good. It looks cool. We have Wavetail. That looks like something that I would be into. It's a third-person yes. action-adventure game. Um, it's going to be out on Stadia, actually, as we speak, and then consoles in 2022. Very cool. A very cool art style. Um, really, really cool-looking graphics. Um, definitely something to check out if you're into the aesthetics. It reminds me of like a little Sable-ish. Um, yeah. It but... looks great. I wish it wasn't a Stadia exclusive at launch. Because yeah. it's something I would like to play this year before the end of the year, but I guess we'll catch it on consoles next year. We'll catch it on consoles. Um, <laughs> help me, it's late. Toges, 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 T O G G. I I think it's 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 Toges. Toges. It's a brand new 3D platforming game. Toges. It looks very cute. Actually. It's like you. It's like you play as a Roomba. <laughs> that's like replicating itself right is that this game yeah it looks very cute and you get like the little bricks like the little faces you see and like you know if you go to like i don't know it's very popular like in japan like the little like um 
the little plushies that are like either like a piece of sushi or like a hot dog or whatever, like those mm. little cute little faces looking things. And that's all over the the little guys that you're building. That's all over the little guys you're building. It, it looks cool. Very... It's like a puzzle adventure game. It looks neat. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, another game coming out that was brought up at this uh, this showcase is called White Shadows, coming out for the PS5, Xbox, and PC. Very Limbo-esque style sort of game. Really um, good trailer. Yeah, yeah, black and white 2D uh, puzzle platformer coming out for PS5, PC, and Xbox, December 7th. So, I mean, I got I got serious uh, Limbo vibes, but yeah, it looks oh, yeah. really, really cool. Um, you know, very Dr. Caligari-ish. Um, so I'm excited to see that one. That'd be cool. Then we got Curse to Golf coming to the Switch 2022. Why is this the one that I'm most excited for? It, it looks just, so good. <laughs> it looks really, really fun. Um, really, really exciting. So I, I'm cool. I'm, I'm happy to see it's that. It's just like a little 2D golf game that looks like it, like there's some adventure and interesting story stuff going on. It looks yeah, great. interesting characters, interesting yeah. villains. Uh, it's going to be cool. Very cool style. Yeah. Um, some other games that came out, also Super Meat Boy Forever, uh, we found out it's going to be coming to mobile in 2022. Um, Industria is a first-person shooter coming to the PS5 and Xbox. We also got to see uh, 3D platformer Hellpie, a motorvania called the Leica, Age Through Blood, and Swordship, which is like a, a shoot-em-up. Reminds me of, um, what was that game that came out uh, last year? Um, mm-hmm. Jet Lancer. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of that. So that was, a, yeah, so that was Thunderful. Yeah, it was a good um, showcase. Nice little first really showing. Really showcase. Them. Heck, better than the indie showcase. Uh, better and than they, the indie. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, and, and if you watch it, they, they were having fun. Like, Mark Hamill was, was having a lot of fun doing it. Like, playing yeah. a character and, like, the people coming in and reacting and clearly not in the same room. <laughs> like, it was really funny in a, in a, like, endearing way. Like, not yeah. a huge production you know what i mean like it, it was cool the funniest yeah. part of the whole thing was halfway through there was somebody who was like oh i'm sorry or whatever mr hamill and he was like mm-hmm. don't call me mr hamill call me mark hamill <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or oh please call me mark hamill <laughs> yeah so good <laughs> um yeah so i got two more news beats for us and i guess it oh i don't know which one i'm most excited for you know what let's just do it gents we haven't gotten a chance to talk about this yet the elden ring trailer and the network test. Yes. Boys, boys let's do this. Let's get guys, into the nitty gritty. Guys, I, I played a little bit of Elden Ring. Uh, uh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. It's a super secret thing. <laughs> I played, I played, I, I didn't have as much time as I should have, but that's because I had a life to lead. Uh, because of but, the, you had a, you had a demo, you got, you had the demo is what you're saying. Yeah. Network test. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, played some Elden Ring, and I got some stuff to say about this Elden Ring here. <laughs> um, say it. <laughs> <laughs> just letting it letting it hang. Uh, so obviously a lot of new stuff, and obviously a lot of stuff that feels familiar. Um, the open world is the big thing obviously right you're used to the very handcrafted you know linear paths maybe you get to choose a couple different paths but they always lead into a linear area um in this it really is just open and when you first come out the first guy i stumbled across was this guy riding a horse 
I walk up to him, and a big health bar and a name appears, and it's a boss just just roaming out there in the open world. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. I got my ass kicked a few times by him. Um, then some some interesting things to mention because I you know we don't need to harp on this like crazy, but it feels like a Dark Souls game for sure. Um, they did a couple new twists. Uh, some of the weapons have. I forget what they're called, but there are these like abilities tied into the weapons. And on certain ones, you can like take them off and put them on like they're almost like little items. And it would be like a L2 in, you know, when you don't have a shield equipped, you get to use it. So like for one of them, it's like, all right, this sword has a lightning bolt attack. So I can lock onto an enemy and hit L2 and I do a long range lightning bolt. And that doesn't, that's not affected by, like, that's not like a magic ability that I need to, you know, spec in a magic direction or whatever. That's on the weapon. Um, another one is, like, there's this really special big greatsword that you, like, swing around and smash into the ground, and it does this big AoE, you know, smash. And that is tied to that sword specifically. You can't remove that one. So that's kind of a new and interesting thing. It kind of reminds me of like the weapon arts of Bloodborne where it's like all these weapons have like a unique thing to them, you know. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, the summons are very, very cool. Um, the th They really change the way the combat works if you use them. Like there was a boss fight that I legitimately just unleashed these like wolves and they just kicked the boss's ass for me. <laughs> like it was just done um, because they were so strong. But again, that's all optional, and you don't have to play it that way if you don't like to. I, I think I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this network test is the game is way more uh, friendly to the player. Um, there's still going to be times where you get your ass kicked. The final boss of this area in the castle was tough and it felt like a classic dark souls fight uh that guy with he's got like a bunch of arms coming out of his shoulders and he has a big dragon for one arm he was in sounds all the like trailers dark souls. sounds like a souls game uh but the thing that really blew me away and the thing that i think is going to make this game special is that there's a bunch of shit and i i'm, I'm hesitant to use the the uh comparison here but it really is in the same vein of this Breath of the Wild, right? And the idea, the reason I'm saying it, because I think Breath of the Wild is, this is not very much like Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways, but in the way that it is, is that you'll stumble across something and be like, what the fuck is that? Like, what is that? <laughs> is that? And then you try to puzzle it out. You walk around. You're like, holy crap, that is what this is. Like, I stumbled across these, like, it looked like there were like these big footprints happening in the sand in like a certain pattern, right? And I'm looking at it like, hmm, what the hell's going on here? And then, you know, there's like a puzzle to solve for that. Or there's this big rock that looks like partially broken and I'm trying to smash it, nothing's happening. I'm like, all right, I guess there's nothing. And then I see that there's this giant like a few, you know, a little ways away. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I lure that giant over here. And sure enough, giant takes a big swing and smashes the rock open. There's an item in there. So like okay. things okay. like that remind me of things that happen in Breath of the Wild where it's like, you're kind of like, I wonder if I try it. And then it works. 
You know what I mean? And I don't want to oversell that because I don't know, you know, this is a small slice of the game. But it really was striking to to me to say that it it gives me that feeling of exploration that A Breath of the Wild did. Uh, the map system is brand new. Obviously, most of the FromSoft games don't have a map, certainly not a usable map, even if there is one. <laughs> um, you can place markers all throughout the map. Um, you can fast travel to different bonfire equivalents. Um, there's two types of bonfires. There's one that's like the main one, and then there's one that's like basically a checkpoint. So it's like if you die, you're going to restart at this checkpoint, but you're not going to like – it's not a spot that you can rest at and, and heal everything and whatever. So, you know, some really major differences. I'll, I'll, we'll obviously talk a lot more about the game in three months when we're, when we're all playing it, um, but I did get my hands on it. I absolutely adored it. Um, I really came out of it with like no complaints. Uh, and you know, like I said, I mean, it feels like souls game, but it really seems to be much more welcoming and, and like tunable, you know what I mean? Like if you want to do certain things, I mean, it's kind of always been this way. If you want to summon to be the boss, you, you can do that in, in a dark souls game. Mm. Um, and this really seems to be embracing that sort of mentality and, yeah, I mean, I I really really dug what I played. Very excited. We're we're Very at what excited. February twenty fifth, I think, is now the new date. I think it is. All yeah. right. All those Februarys. Uh, I know. I'm ready. Good thing it's winter and we'll be snowed inside. <laughs> All right, that's Elden Ring, boys. Anything else we want to add or? Um, to Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Oh, I no. saw I, I saw your little uh, little. Uh, <laughs> don't Listen, worry, I, 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 I try wasn't to, gonna miss it. <laughs> I try to be, you know, helpful, <laughs> quietly helpful. Um, no, I mean, you know, the, it, initially, so when we were gonna record before I got my hands on it, there was a lot to dig into in that trailer. But mm. then, who knew that we were gonna be able to play it? <laughs> you know, so. So I think there was a lot that I saw in that trailer that I then got answered by playing. They, right. they do a cool thing. I'm gonna, one more thing. <laughs> they do a cool thing in that game where, so you have a flask for magic and a flask for health, right? But you get to choose like how they're divvied up. So it's like mm-hmm. you have four flask uses. Do you want three healing, one magic? Do you want two and two? Do you prefer doing more magic? That's how you break it down. Oh, that's very cool. And a thing that's even cooler is what they did was if there's a group of enemies, like, all right, here's, you know, six wolves, right? If you defeat all six wolves, you get a extra use of your flask. Like, it'll shine and it'll be like, oh, you, you beat this mini group of enemies. Now, there's a, now instead of the zero that you had, here's one use of your flask. Like, like they're doing little tweaks that I think are really smart in, because you can't just take that same formula and put it in an open world. Like, you need to, like, think about how an open world is designed, and it seems like a lot of these changes are conducive to that open world idea, because it really felt very, like, smartly designed, I mean, as you'd expect from some of the best game designers in the world, but... It, it it really worked in a way that I was pleasantly surprised to see. I'm excited. February 25th can't come here soon enough. That's right. 
All right, last but not least. No, last but not least. Last but not least. Let's talk about the nominees for Game of the Year. So, you know, there's about 30-something categories, so we're really only going to cover the ones that are most important. Um, These are for which, the Jeff Keighley <laughs> Game Awards. Exactly. So TM. we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go over the nominees for best esports event, best esports coach, best esports team, best esports oh. athlete, best esports oh. game. I think that might be that might cover it, right? That's all we need to do. Yeah, that sounds about right. All Keighley. right, so, Jeff Keighley. So these are the nominees for Game Keighley. of the Year. We have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts Two. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Resident Evil Village. Um, I'm not really surprised. I'm not really surprised by many of these. Um, I, I mean, I yeah. I I think you got the ones that I expect. I expected Deathloop. I expected Metroid Dread. Um, what else was there? I think I think the one. I mean, it takes two. Got such good reviews that I'm not too surprised. Right. But obviously, that's the one that, that is really different. I'm very happy Psychonauts 2 is on the list. Uh, well, yeah, Psychonauts yeah. 2 is in a lot of these, which is really, yeah. really cool. It's a fucking um, fantastic game. It yeah. is. It is. Um, next, the nominees for Best Game Direction. We have Deathloop again. It takes two. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank. All right, we've seen these before. But Returnal is on that list, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, we have Best Narrative in games. The nominees are, again... Deathloop, It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, and now we got Life is Strange, True Colors, and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. To me, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Holy smokes, best narrative. So the thing, th- this category in particular, I mean, I have some qualms with right away. I mean, It Takes Two is not one of the best narratives of the year. <laughs> not fucking close. Um, <laughs> and then, so uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but what, what was the first one you named on that list, Dan? Uh, Deathloop. Yeah, like, do you think that's one of the best narratives of the year? No, that's weird. Uh, but they're just doing that because Deathloop is going to clean house. I mean, so the way the- that this works is similar to like the the outlets that, uh, you know, review games. That's like the group that's nominating these, right? Like, like each outlet has a, a vote, and and the person puts in a vote. So that's why I'm always so interested to see like that there's a weird disconnect sometimes. You know, like we do our, you know, game of the year stuff throughout the year to kind of keep keep everything fresh in mind. And it's like a lot of those ones that they have as as best narrative, if you're only putting five or six in there, I mean, that's kind of bizarre. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I have an issue with, like, any sort of award ceremony anyway. Um, right. But, yeah, it's weird. Um, let's just do a few more. Um, I'm always curious about the best art direction. Again, we have Deathloop, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank. But two new additions. We have Kana, Bridge of Spirits, and also the Artful Escape for best art direction. All right. Uh-oh. So where... Hold on. Sable is not on here. Right. And even more than that, Genesis Noir is not on here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's why if anybody wants the real nominees for game of the year you gotta listen to circle back podcast because we know yeah. what's up we know what's up for game of the year we know what's up um let's go <laughs> the best score in music of the year all right we got artful escape death loop near replicant version 1.22474487139 marvel's <laughs> guardians of the galaxy and hey 
Remember this game? Cyberpunk 2077. That is just a trash tier list of <laughs> best soundtracks. Like, I, are you serious? Like, are you serious? Chicory is not on that list? That's so bad. That's like, so bad. That's absolutely horrendous. That's so bad. That's Sable? So bad. Japanese Breakfast made an album and a soundtrack for a game, and that's not on there? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Embarrassing. I mean, as uh, far as as far as music in a game goes, Sable had one of the greatest moments. Oh, uh, yes. I, I, incredible. <laughs> has anybody incredible. listened to has anybody also listened to Japanese Breakfast's new album? Because yes. it is amazing. It's amazing. It is so I good. love Japanese it Breakfast. It is so good. Oh my gosh. Thank you to Sable for introducing me to Japanese Breakfast because You I'm should have been on that train with me years ago. Well yeah, that was like well, 2017. That's that's been a bit. Yeah. Well, you were you liked them before 2017. You're a true fan. <laughs> All right. Best performance. So here's our voice actors and actresses. We have Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange: True Colors. Excellent we have choice. John Carlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6. We have Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. We have Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu in Resident Evil Village. And Oziomo Akaga as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Yeah. Yeah. Not, eh. not very impressive. <laughs> I think Deathloop's going to just clean house. I you think, think they're, they're going to sweep? I think they're just going to sweep. Um, let's do games for impact. Okay. All right. This is my category. We have Before Your Eyes. Yes. There we go. Yes. We what have a Boyfriend. game. We have Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh. We have Chicory. <laughs> What's the impact there? <laughs> we have uh, Chicory. Hell definitely. Yeah. Of course, I saw that coming. Life is Strange, True Colors. Great. And No Longer Home, a game I am unfamiliar with. I have heard a lot about that game, and I've heard it's very good. It's on my short list for games to dip into that I missed this year. Mm, okay. Um, and then I'm going to do, last but not least, let's do Best Indie. We got 12 minutes. <laughs> Death that, should be, that should be under best family game. <laughs> <laughs> 12 minutes. We have Death Store, Inscription, Hena, Bridge of Spirits, oh, yeah. and Loop Hero. So this might be my favorite list. Just because Those are great the- games, but where the hell is Chicory, dude? Like, what, how how can you put 12 minutes on there and leave Chicory off? And leave Chicory off? Yeah, no, that's, that's ridiculous. Chic- Chicory should take the place of 12 minutes. I honestly don't think 12 minutes should be on here. But, but the rest of that list is very good. Those are very good. Games. Yeah, I, I'm curious, especially between Death Store and Inscription. I mean, those mm-hmm. two are, like, vying for, for a very special spot. Uh, yeah. For me, at least this year. But yeah, twelve minutes is a weird, weird one to. Uh... Um. Yeah, I don't know if there was any other ones that you guys wanted to uh, to check out. I mean, I think I hit pretty much the big ones that we would yeah. be uh, interested in. Um, like I, I said, there's, nailed it. there's about thirty categories here. You know, including you know best VR if you're interested, best multiplayer, best sports racing game, um, best family game. Let's see what is in the best family game, Dan. Yeah, because twelve it... minutes should win that one. <laughs> We got It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, the new Pokemon Snap, Super Mario It Takes 3D. Two is on there? It's a family game, apparently. It Takes Two. Yes, it's on here. Oh, my God. I mean, we got ne- please don't play that with your family. What are the categories? <laughs> please. That will disturb them. 
Why is it bad? I mean, it's a, it's not a family. It's a serious, like, that is not a family game. That's all I'll <laughs> say. I don't want to spoil anything. We also have Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury and WarioWare. Get it together. Nice. Oh, I, I really like Bowser's Fury. I like Bowser's Fury. It's weird that that game came out this year, honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that about does it, unless there's any other categories that you guys are interested in. Um, no, I think that's good. Covered okay. a lot. You know what? One more. Best debut indie game. Okay. Debut indie game. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's getting late. All right. We got The Artful Escape. Dan, we got The Forgotten City. Great game. We got Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Great. We game. got Valheim. Oh, you didn't give it an adjective. <laughs> I was just waiting. <laughs> what is. what? Hold on. What's the difference between the debut and just regular indie game? It's this this studio's first game. Oh, uh, well, well. all right. You ready for the last one? Mm-hmm. Sable. Hell yeah. <laughs> Snubbed elsewhere. Snubbed elsewhere, but completely. Yeah. So guys, you know it's always interesting to see. I'm gonna call it right now. I think Deathloop's gonna sweep it all. Um, I think they're gonna at least every category that they're in. I have a feeling <laughs> that Deathloop is just gonna take it. Um, and not that it doesn't deserve it. It's but... a great game. You know, you know how these these work. Listen, it's always... come to us in January for the real shit. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right, gents. I think that about wraps up our news beats. I think it's time for a Game Pass game of the show. What do you guys say? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go first. My Game Pass game of the show is Dead Cells. Do you like roguelites? Do you like Metroidvanias? Then Dead Cells is the game for you, lucky ladies and gentlemen. It is it is a beautiful game, aesthetically pleasing. It is it is it is fun to play. The controls are great. All the different, you know, minutia going on, all the different upgrades and all the different weapons that you can procure throughout your runs. Uh, make it interesting, make the replayability incredible. Um, I had a lot of fun when this game came out. I want to say it was like 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a blast with it. I think it just made my top ten that year, or maybe just you know right on the cusp of it. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, like I said, if you're into that sort of game, um, definitely worth it. You know, when it came out, I was all in it. It was a very intriguing game as far as its uh, aesthetic, um, its music, its design. Um, you know, and I, I think it, I think it holds up. Uh, you know, pretty well. Uh, I think you should, uh, you should play it if you're into that sort of thing. I think it's a good pick, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Damn, what's your pick? Speaking My of. My pick is a game that just came out this year, The Forgotten City. We just talked about it as a debut game. This is the one that started as a Skyrim mod and uh, was formed into a full game. The best way to describe it is just to pitch what it is. You go into this uh, world, this forgotten city, if you will, uh, where the whole shtick is if one person sins... The whole city dies, and you get thrown in with the premise of someone is about to sin, figure out who it is. So it's kind of a detective tale. You're talking and meeting these villagers. It's a small group of people, maybe like 20-ish people that you get to know very well. You hear all about their stories, secrets, learn about their lives. Uh, it really is just a tremendous game, really, really well done, and yeah, I think it's criminally underplayed, and it just recently came to Game Pass, so I wanted to shout it out. 
pitch. All right, yep. Shelby, your turn, buddy. All right, my Game Pass game of the show this week is Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Um, <laughs> this, this, uh, this game came out at a perfect time, I think, for me. I want to say it was 2019 because I was just getting into, you know, like getting into the whole Soulsborne kind of genre. Um, like I think I had done my second role playthrough mm-hmm. around that time, and and was very interested in in getting into those types of games, and and then then a game of that fashion comes out in the Star Wars universe. So I was like, one hundred percent, yes, please. Uh, the game is great. It it adds to the lore of of the universe that we all have come to know and um and it plays very very well you know like the game has its really tough points it's not like any other star wars game out there um it has its tough points it has moments where it's like oh you know what they they could have done better and i think at some point they will i think this game did well enough played well enough had its giant marvel moments where it's like i remember that giant fallen ship where you walk out and you see that for the first time you're like oh damn you know talk about a game inspired by uncharted Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, and and you have your little robot companion. So uh, Uncharted and Ratchet and Clank put together, right, in one there. And um, mm-hmm. but no, I mean this game is great. If you're a fan of that, if you're a fan of having a challenge, or just a Star Wars fan in general, I mean it, it's a must play. It, it's a really good game. Agreed. Agreed. All right, gents, that was our Game Pass game of the show. So get Game Pass, play those games. Let's do our fantasy check-in. Shelby, sorry, buddy. Little Devil Inside pushed to 2022. But we did get a nice view of it at the Sony State of Play. So something to wet your whistle while we're waiting for 2022. That is so. <laughs> All right. Now let's do it. Our October game of the month. We have three contenders. We have Inscription, Metroid Dread, and Guardians of the Galaxy. All very, very strong candidates. Yeah, I believe that... Good games. I believe, I believe that two are stronger than uh, at least one of them. Um, yeah, just from the way that yeah. we, we've talked about it. Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy, really, really happy to see that on there. Um, I really do want to play it. I want to pick it up, um, especially after what you've said about it, Dan. Um, really, really surprising. And I'm really, really happy to, uh, to hear that. It, it'd probably be a lot of fun. It's um, super fun. I'm excited to wrap it up. I think I think it's headed in a cool direction. Cool. But I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, dictate. I'm, I'm, you know, I want you guys to give me. A, no, a, you're a, right. The Guardians like is it's... not in the same league as Inscription and Metroid Dread. There's no doubt about it. Um, but what do we do, guys? What do you think? I think because it's all of us, and Dan has not played through Inscription, and Shelby watched play through. I think Metroid Dread. I think all three of us would say that's an absolute top tier game it's a contender for the number one spot this year uh i would personally say for us as a group it would be the game of the month i think for me inscription hit me in a way and is is one of my immediately one of my favorites of all time so it's it's a tough one even for me and i would probably give the edge to inscription but i i would assume that as as a whole i think we would be a metroid dread but what do you guys think what do you think shelby I am honestly, I mean, 
as far as I, I'm totally on board with that as well. I would have no problem picking inscription. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm fine with inscription. You know, it doesn't bother it, me. Yeah. Both of these games are something like I didn't even play inscription physically and I just mm -hmm. enjoyed every second of it. Um yeah. And and Metro Dread, like I said before, was literally a, a fell in love with it immediately and didn't put it down. But um, yeah, I mean, two incredibly strong late contenders to the 2021 lineup here, mm -hmm. and uh, like it's, I'm just happy that we we have the chance to argue between two amazing games. Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, th yeah. that's it's a just game of the year preview here. How lucky are we? <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> right, so what are we picking, guys? Uh, up to you guys. I think. I think, like you said, as a group, with Dan not having finished Inscription yet, I'm fine right. with uh, with going with uh, Metroid Dread. But guys, don't that's... pass up on any of the three games that we initially had here. Yeah, yeah. you know what? That's, that's fair true. enough. All right, Metroid Dread, game of the month of October. Congratulations! Right. You'll get your trophy in the mail, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that has been our show. Dan, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you, Dan. Shelby, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. And the listeners at home, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for tuning in. We uh, we look forward to uh, conversing again very, very soon. And until next time, peace, love, and justice. And let me leave us off with a quote. You know, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. Peace. Bueller. Hey everyone, thanks so much for watching and or listening. Just here to remind you that you can find us by searching for Circle Back Podcast or Circle Back Gaming on any of these podcast services. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Stitcher. My God, I'm out of breath because of all these podcast services, but you can find us anywhere there. Also, you can find us, our video version, on YouTube by searching Circle Back Podcast or Circle Back Gaming uh, and the rest of the videos we do. Thanks, guys.